The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. Say good morning to your neighbor with a smile, your neighbor to the right, and to the left. So this, this morning, as we are aware, we are in the second part of our teaching, a series on enlargement, on enlargement. And that is the word for 2023, enlargement. Our scriptures is taken from Isaiah 54, Isaiah 54, verse 2. Isaiah 54, verse 2, says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent's curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will soon be busting at the seams in the name of Jesus. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. The word of God is saying to us, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch, stretch the curtains of your habitations. Stretch your curtains wide. And inherent in stretching, we said, is stressing. When you stretch a material, you are stressing the material. And inadvertently, this year, we are going to be stretched. And the stretching will come stressing. Now, for the world, it will be pure stressing that will lead to perhaps depression, perhaps anxiety, and all sorts of confusion. But for the child of God, the stretching will lead to growth, will lead to enlargement, will lead to multiplication in the name of of Jesus. So we see that God is saying that we should stretch and be submitted to the process of stretching. The process of stretching takes us out of our comfort zone. You know, we've explained before that miracles happen where? Miracles happen outside of your comfort zone. That is where miracles happen. Growth happens outside of your comfort zone. So be prepared to be stretched outside of your comfort zone. Be prepared to be stretched beyond your natural and normal limits. Stretch. Many times, we have what we want, 
But sometimes we don't pay the price for what we want. What you want is here. There's a stretching that needs to happen for you to take hold of it. And many times we don't. But this year, you will stretch in the name of Jesus. This year, you will not only stretch, you will take hold of what God has for you in the name of Jesus. God expects you to stretch. God expects you to reach out. God expects you to get out of your comfort zone to take hold of what he has for you. In physics, material science, if you will, um, you, when you stretch an object, there is an elastic limit. So to speak, every object has an elastic limit. So when you stretch and you get to your limit, so what happens? You trade your weakness for his strength and you become like a plastic. You become like a plasticine that he can mold into another vessel that he can convert and stretch and mold into another vessel. God is going to mold you into beautiful, different forms and vessels. You know, we, talked, we, we, we explained that there will be multiple congratulations in the name of Jesus, and there will be multiple expressions. There will be multiple sides of you. So enlargement has in it stretching. Psalm 119, verse 143. Psalm 119, verse 143 says, as pressure and stress bear down on me. Everyone this year will experience pressure and stress. But again, for you, pressure and stress will lead to increase, will lead to enlargement, will lead to growth, will lead to multiplication in the name of Jesus. And that happens when we get into the world, as, as, as we are doing, as when we get into the world, I find joy in your command. It says, as pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy where? In your command. In your command. So it is imperative that we are rooted and remain rooted in the word of God. So God is saying to us, in Isaiah 54, verse 2, do not hold back. So as you, as you are being stretched, as you are stretching the tent of your habitation, the, uh, stretching your cutting wide, there's a tendency to hold back. There's a tendency to cut back. There's a tendency for self-preservation. This is not the year for self-preservation. The world is going to be... be uh, pushing towards conserving this, conserving that. God is saying, you don't hold back. Don't hold back. 
Keep on doing the good that you are doing. Keep on stretching. Keep on pushing. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords. As you are lengthening your cords, you are strengthening your states. You see, like we explained, because of the, the um, what is upon the world, the pandemic at attacking the health, the recession attacking the wealth of nations, the natural response is to conserve. And it's good to be smart, it's good to be wise, it's good to be economical. But God is saying that even at this time lies one of the biggest opportunities for growth, for advancement, for enlargement. That is what he's saying. So for us, we will spot those opportunities and we will not hold back. Say amen. And the reason is this. Verse 3 says, for you will soon be busting at the seams in the name of Jesus. You, because you are, going to, you are going to be busting to the right, to the left, to the front, to the back. You will soon be busting at the seams. For your descendants will occupy the nations of the earth and resettle ruined cities. So God is saying your descendants, your seed, your fruit... You, from your natural body, your descendants, your seed, your fruit of your ideas, your descendants, the things that you've birthed is going to dominate. And it will dominate only because you have submitted yourself to the stretching and you have not held back and you have allowed God to be God. So get ready. Because you will soon be bursting forth. On all sides. In the name of Jesus. So because. We. Know. That God is saying. Stretch. Stretch. We're going to look at a couple of areas that we are to be deliberate in stretching and look at the result it produces. And that is the result that everybody wants. So this diagram is going to come up on the screen. So as we can see in the diagram, the stretching of the mind leads to the stretching of the heart and stretching and enlargement of your strength. So it starts with the mind and it leads to the bigness of heart, largeness of heart, and increase of strength. Then both now leads to increasing capacity. So we see the mind, stretching of mind, leading to largeness of heart, 
increase in strength, enlargement of strength, and leading to increase in capacity. And it is the increase in capacity that results in enlargement of territory. So everybody wants or should want or seems to want an enlargement of territory. It is the stretching and the enlargement of the mind that leads to the stretching and the enlargement of the heart and increase and enlargement of strength that leads to stretching and enlargement of capacity that leads to stretching and enlargement of territory. So we see, it starts with the mind. When you look at Isaiah 54 verse 2, that says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch the curtains of your habitation, stretch your curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will soon be bursting forth at the seams. Your descendants will occupy all the nations and resettle the ruined cities. So we see that it all begins with a stretching of the mind. Stretching of the mind. You can't go further than your mind has been developed. You can't go further than your mind has been stretched. You must have heard me say and heard, or edit said that you don't have a money problem. You have a wisdom problem. It's not a money problem. It's a wisdom problem. You don't have a marriage problem. You have a wisdom problem. My brother, my sister, you don't have a marriage problem. You have a wisdom problem. You don't have a, you don't have a singleness problem. It's mostly a wisdom problem. You don't have a business problem. You don't have a business problem. It's a, it's a wisdom problem. It's all in the mind. So when we look at that scripture, Isaiah 54 verse 2, enlarge the place of your mind. Replace the tent with the mind. Enlarge the place of your mind. Stretch the your mind's curtains wide. Stretch your thinking wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stake. So God is saying, enlarge the place of your mind. For some people, their mind is in the gutters. You need to take your mind off the gutters. And enlarge the place of your mind. For a lot of people, their mind is filled with crap. You can't fill your mind with pornography and be great. You can't fill your mind with filth and be great and be awesome. You can't fill your mind with envy and jealousy and be amazing. You can't, you can't fill your mind with gossip and be glorious. You can't. Enlarge the place 
off your mind. Get your mind out of the mess. Enlarge the place of your mind. Stretch your mind's curtains wide. In other words, you need to stretch the, the curtains of your mind. <laughs> I'm going to show you how to do that. You're wondering, okay, I want to do that. that. That sounds awesome. How do I do that? How do I do that, Pastor? How is that done? You're about to find out. Your life is about to change forever. Praise God. Do not hold back. Do not hold back. So these things I'm about to, to, to share with you, for some of us, it will be, it, it may be, okay, I've heard that before, but it's very inconvenient. I can't sustain it. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Neurosurgeons and mind experts have defined what is called the brain plasticity. That the brain, the human brain, is actually... Um, like plastic, it can be formed and reformed, it can be stretched, it can be converted into something else with the right pressure and stretching and heat and, you know, process. And brain plasticity has been defined as the brain's ability to change at any age, at any age, for better or for worse. So, the neurosurgeons and brain experts say to us that when you leave a brain, a human brain, and you don't train it, you don't stretch it, for a child, the brain by itself will begin to stretch, will begin to train itself. That's why children are inquisitive. They want to find out what is behind this. What's going on here? Why is this? And they ask a lot of questions because their brains are training themselves. They push the envelope. They challenge the status quo. They see your TV. They say, what will happen if I smash daddy's TV? What will happen? What will come out of it? They are always playing soccer. He's always watching soccer in there. There's probably the footballers there. And when you're not watching, your boy takes uh, this tool and pooh, you just hear a crash. And you think, oh, this boy is a destroyer. <laughs> no, he's not. His brain is expanding. His brain is being trained. His brain is exploring. His brain is developing. And many times we try to tame them. We try to tame our children. We try to make them civil. We try to tame them. But they are not designed to be civil. They are designed to push the envelope. They are designed to push. push. So from, from um, when, the child was, when the child is born, they tell us to when the child is about to be, some studies say 25 years old, some studies say 30. So between 25 and 30, the brain 
stops self-training. Wow. That's why some people, when they come out of university, because that's usually the, I mean, the age about 20 to 30, most people graduate. They stop learning. And guess what? Brain plasticity says the brain has the ability to change at any age for better or for worse. So even though the brain of the 31-year-old that has stopped self-discovery has the capacity to be better, when you leave it by itself, it is going to be worse. So it actually begins to deter it. Wow. So that tells us that the mind is not to be left to its own by itself. You have to be deliberate to stretch your mind. Such your neighbor, stretch your mind. You have to stretch your mind. It's like exercise your mind. And it is also proven that at any age, man can begin to turn around his, his mind for good, for better. So we see, they say that even 70-year-olds that begin to do these things, they become sharper, they become more astute. Their brains are sometimes even better than a 40-year-old. Why? Because they are deliberate in training their brain. The brain is plastic. It, it can be molded. When you apply stretching and pressure and heat, it can be molded. So what are the ways of molding our brains, of stretching our brains? The Bible says, as we read, enlarge the place of your brain. Stretch the cutting of your brain. Stretch your cutting. Stretch your cutting. Stretch your brain's cutting wide. Don't hold back. So what are the ways of being a stretched thinker? What are the ways of exercising the brain? What are the ways of making sure that our brains are sharp? Not only sharp, they have access to things that will baffle the world. They, can, they have access to systems and processes that will baffle the world. Why? Because there is a spirit in man. The inspiration of the Almighty in, that gives them... So, the spirit in man, the spirit of God in man, the, the inspiration of the Almighty wants to activate your brain and give you solutions to amazingly complex problems. But you have to exercise the brain so that you don't place a limit on God. Let's say two people are anointed of God. They have the calling of God upon their lives. One person is stuck literate. He cannot, when he tries to speak English, he's always firing missiles. Tabon, tabon. You know, you know what they call, what they call, you know, poor, poor. They're always dodging, you know. At, you know, firing missiles. At, I mean, intelligent, no doubt, but not exposed, not educated. 
but anointed, no doubt. Of course, when they lay hands, people get healed. When they pray, they get results. The other one is also anointed. But guess what? It's educated. It's enlightened. It's exposed. Believe it or not, the person that is educated will achieve much more for God. It is the same God they are carrying. But the mind that is exposed and it is stretched and it is educated and has been exercised can go to places for God that the mind that is unlearned and restricted cannot. And this is not about being classist or being discriminatory. It's simply you are limiting God. Why? Because your brain is not, cannot express what you are seeing. So if, if, if um, someone that doesn't know what the internet is and doesn't know, has never seen a, a TV before, God shows him a TV and shows people speaking on the t- big screen TV. If he tries to describe it, he will say, um, it's very confusing. It will always start with, it's very confusing. I've not seen the kind of thing before. Um, people were just appearing in this place. And he will describe it as much as he can. But if it's someone that knows what the TV is, has seen what the TV is, knows what the internet is, he can describe it in more accurate terms. What am I saying? What I'm saying is that the limitation is not in the quality or in the capacity of the God that is in them. The limitation is in the capacity of the brain that they are exercising and deploying. Hallelujah. So, stretch your brain. Stretch your mind. Stretch your mind. How do you stretch your mind? A couple of ways. Remember, the Bible says, once you start, don't hold back. In other words, it, it, may, it may be tough for you to do it, but do it. Stay there. Don't hold back because you are about to break forth to the right and to the left. You are about to be enlarged roundabout. What are the ways? This I'm about to tell you, you have never heard it before. Never, ever, ever. Not anywhere. In your life. You haven't heard it before. And when I tell you, we see you have never heard it before. Number one, the books you read. <laughs> oh, of course, Pastor, I've heard that before. Of course you have. But could you sustain? Have you not been holding back? How many books did you read in 2022? How many books? Oh, you've heard it before, but what have you done about it? One of the ways of stretching your imagination, your mind, is to read books. Just read. Now, listening is also powerful. Listening to audiobooks is also powerful. 
But listening is best done when you are without any distraction, like you are in church now. This, you are listening to this sermon. It has the highest impact on you. But if you are cooking and you are listening to the sermon, before, if you don't want to, because you don't want to cut your finger, you have to pay attention to it. The person preaching has said two, three things that are flown over your head. You know, yes, you get one or two things, but it is not like when you have the undisturbed on, 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 on attention and you're in a church setting, which is why physical church will always trump online church. Any day. Read. The books you read. I came across a stat years ago that challenged me to my core. Most people admire CEOs, particularly of Fortune 500 companies. CEOs of you know, 4,500 companies, I mean, their annual take-home, millions of dollars, you know. CEOs of, you can begin to mention them, the companies. But did you know, on the average, guess how many books does the CEO of a Fortune 500 company read in a year, one year? Guess how many books? 12 months? One a month, 12 books, maybe two books a month, 24 books, maybe three books. That's a lot, right? 36 books, maybe four books a month, 48 books. But guess what? The average book read by 4,500 company CEO is five books a month, 60 books a year, 60, six, zero. How many did you say you read in 2022? How many exactly? You know the number. The point is this. The mind that is not exercised cannot access certain things that heaven is releasing. Your mind needs to be exercised. Because if you are a leader and you are not reading, you are wrong. <laughs> if you're a leader and you're not reading, you're wrong. You have to. Again, Hearing the word is so powerful. It stretches your mind. But reading, you cannot read and cook at the same time. You cannot read and prepare your tea at the same time. You can't. You can't read and drive at the same time. You have to choose one that will take your focus. That is why reading is so powerful. Hearing is also powerful. I will tell you what I do. Maybe it can help. What I do is, of course, I, I always have the audio book. Every book I buy physically, if they have the audio book, I'm buying the audio book also. So I have free Audacity credits, so one free credit a month or something. So I always get the audio book, right? So what I do is, 
I take the physical book, I plug in my ears, I'm listening to the audio book while I am reading the physical book. Now, that's, this is what it does. And I, I hardly ever read the physical book at 1x, at the speed of reading. I'm reading the physical book at 1.5x or 2x. So it's going two times faster. It's forcing me. So when I'm seeing that it's going too fast, I reduce it, but mostly by 1.5x is, is perfect for me. It keeps me on track. I'm able to read much more at a shorter time. You have to read. The books you read stretches your mind. So the second thing that stretches your mind is the conversations you have. The conversations you have. Have you noticed that you have conversations with certain people and you walk away with like a light bulb? Aha! Oh, wow! Why? Because your mind has just been expanded. Your, your, your perspective has, have been, has been broadened. You will hear us say several times that you are the average of the three people you spend the most time with. You are the average of the three people you spend the most time with. Why is that? Because they are the three people you talk to the most. They are the three people you have a conversation with the most. So check. Why are the three people I have the most I spend the most time most time with? You begin to think like they think. If they are high capacity thinkers, they begin to stretch your mind. They begin to do things that you don't. Have you noticed that high capacity thinkers always do things that you don't understand? When they do something, you are trying to understand is ah, this guy, what? You know, and it's inadvertently if you are humble. And teachable, it inadvertently stretches your mind. It stretches your mind. The books you read, the conversations you have. Number three, by learning something new. When you learn something new, you are stretching your mind. You are connect, making beautiful connections in your brain, your mind is becoming stronger and exercised. Learn something new. Learn a new language. Learn a new language. Teach your children your language. <laughs> Learn a new language. They say that, I mean, toddlers can learn up to six languages at the same time, and they, they, are, they won't confuse any of them. You know, to show you how powerful brains of children were, I, I mean, your brain was like that when you were small, but you didn't lose it. You just need to be more deliberate as you have grown older. Learn a new language. Learn a new instrument. Learn a musical instrument. Play a different musical instrument. He said, but pastor, I play a musician. I'm, I'm, I'm a professional. Learn to play the keyboard. It will, it will rewire your brain. By the time you get into the office, they will know something has changed about you because you are able to articulate and express certain things because music is actually a language.
you are able to articulate certain other protocols because that neural pathway has been formed. Your brain has been trained. You can say, but I'm a medical doctor. But guess what? One of the best medical doctors are musicians. They play music. One of the best people, David was a king. David was a king, but he was a musician. He could play music. Music is very powerful. Learn it. Pastor, is it not too, am I not too old? No, you're not. You're not. 80-year-olds are learning new things. I don't think you are 80. And if you are, that's confirmation. You can learn a new thing. <laughs> learn a new thing. Use your non-dominant limb. Ooh, this is so powerful. So I started learning to, there was a time I was learning to write with my left hand. It will force you to think. It will make certain connections. You are training your brain. Well, I, well I, I don't play soccer as, I'm, as I used to play. When I used to play soccer a lot, I am right-footed. Guess what? I trained my left foot. My left foot can do almost everything my right foot can do. When you train your non-dominant limb or your non-dominant part, it it's energizes your brain. It connects because your, the left part of your brain controls the right part of your body there, and the right part of your brain controls the left part of your body and all that. You are building pathways that are fresh. And guess what? They can be deployed and redeployed for other uses that are more powerful. Do new things. Learn something new. You know, another way to learn something new is talk to someone new. Talk to someone. In church, there are people that you have never spoken to in church before. You see them. You have never spoken to them before. Today, after service, walk up to them and talk to them. Something will happen to you. Your brain will, be tr will, be, will have fresh neural pathways. Just walk up to them and say, oh, my brother, I've been, I've been seeing you. I, I like the way you worship God. My name is Femi Munei. Introduce yourself. You are training your brain because you are coming outside of your comfort zone. How many people will do that? Try it. And make it a habit and get stronger. Another way of training your brain is proper processing of experiences, proper processing of experiences. You travel, think and process your trip. Reconstruct, you know, your experience. Your brain gets trained when you properly process your experiences, properly process nature. Some of you, you, you have a backyard. You don't even, you can't even sit down and just be in awe of God. And just look at the trees. Look at the birds. Look at the clouds, how they are forming. And let your brain actually process your experiences. Let your brain reconstruct your experiences. And probably, you know, Maybe I should add one more. How to train and stretch your mind. Ways of stretching your mind is create something. Just create something. Write a book. 
Okay, you can write 300 pages. Write a three-page book. Everybody can do that. Oh, you can write a 365-day devotional. Yes, but write something. I'll write a journal. Create something. Take matchstick and create a tent. Create skeleton human beings. Create something. You can play music. Sit down and create new music. Create something. It helps you. So the first thing that we need to stretch is our minds. When our minds are stretched, if you go back to that image that we started with, when your mind is stretched, you have a larger heart. You have a big heart. You don't see things as other people see it anymore. And it changes everything about you. Everything. Remember anchor text, Isaiah 54, verse 2. says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Enlarge the place of your mind. Enlarge the place of your heart. Stretch your heart's curtains wide. Don't hold back. So when they say somebody has a big heart, oh, that lady, she's so large-hearted. Do you know what that means? It means that she has a kind and generous disposition. When your mind is stretched, when you are exposed in your mind, you are kind to people. You don't judge people. Because you can see, I mean, if, if people that are racist are actually ignorant. When you are actually educated and you are learned and you can know that it's just melanin glands, pigmentation on the skin and adaptation of humanity based on environmental factors, that has now been coded into genes because the human genes learn. I mean, that's, that's huge. And evolve. When you know that, you know there's no difference between two human beings. So you, you will not be biased with, because, oh, one is black, one is white. You won't be biased. If you are, if you are Biased, if you are a racist, you are showing that you are ignorant. That's all. Same for, oh, I'm a, I'm a Yoruba Christian. Ah, I cannot marry an Igbo Christian. Oh, who is that Kalaba girl? And people say all sorts of rubbish. It's just, it just shows that you are displaying your ignorance. But when your mind has been enlightened, when your mind has been stretched, you are large-hearted. You don't judge people easily. You don't. You are kind. And you are generous. You see, kindness is something that is becoming a scarce commodity. Because people are becoming meaner and meaner, less kind. 
Do you know why people are becoming less kind? Because people are becoming more ignorant. <laughs> people are becoming, people's minds are not enlightened. When your mind is enlightened, you are kind. You are kind. When you know, for instance, that the fact that you are born into a privileged family and you have access to some jump-starting in life and there's somebody else that isn't, you don't feel you are better than the person. Why? Because you are enlightened. You know that there is nothing of you that determined where you were born. <laughs> you didn't determine your parents. You are kind. You are kind because you are the same. This is your brother. This is your sister. There is no segregation. You are kind. Kind, a kind heart. It's a forgiving heart. You're kind. Kind people forgive. Mean people don't. They forgive. Kindness. And when you are enlightened, when you know that you are not standing by your own strength, if you are standing at all. Somebody that offends you, you can forgive them because God forgave you. You see, that's enlightenment. Jesus says, when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be in your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. The reason you are struggling to forgive is because you are ignorant. The reason you are struggling to forgive is because, I am saying, I will never forgive him. I will never forgive her. Oh, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. It's because you are still in your own sins yourself. If you have tasted what forgiveness is and you are enlightened, your mind has been enlightened and you know by the words of Jesus that you were forgiven. And the condition of your forgiveness is you forgive those that offend you. What does that tell you? You're large hearted. You forgive. People that have a large heart they have a kind and a generous disposition. So they are generous. Remember, God says, don't hold back. Stretch your tent. Stretch your heart. Stretch your generosity. Don't hold back. People whose mind have been enlightened, people whose heart has been stretched, who have a big heart, they are generous people. They are generous people. Why? Because they know by scripture that a man cannot have anything unless it was given to him from above. So, 
You cannot be arrogant because of what you have because everything you have was given to you from above. So because you, your mind is really enlightened, you know that you see yourself as a steward of what you have. So because you're a steward, you are generous because you are dispensing it as the owner expects of you. It goes against culture. It's countercultural. Culture says it is yours, you are the boss, you need to hold back, you need to conserve, you need to um, just do a little bit here and there. But God is saying, enlarge the place of your heart. Stretch your heart's cutting wide. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. In other words, enlarge the place of your heart. Enlarge the place of your kindness. Enlarge the place of your generosity. Enlarge the place of your generosity. Don't be tight-fisted. Being tight-fisted is a statement of your ignorance. Being selfish it's a statement that you are still in darkness. You are still ignorant. Because if that mind, because again, it starts with the mind. If that mind is enlightened, you understand that generosity isn't something that they want from you. It is something that God wants for you. Let me say that again. Generosity is not something that God wants from you. It's something that God wants for you. Hallelujah. So God is not trying to get something from you when it comes to generosity. God is trying to get something to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. When God wants you to be generous, when God says you should give, for instance, God doesn't want to take your money. God wants to get his money to you. Isn't that countercultural? That, is that goes against the grain of, 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 of the limited human thinking. But if your mind is enlightened and stretched by God, you realize that being generous is, isn't God trying to get from you when you want to give to God in whatever capacity you are giving your first fruits God is not getting from you God wants to get to you God wants to make your bands overflow with plenty God wants to make your vats run over God wants you not to be able to contain and God says, how am I going to do that? Let me ask her to give the first fruits so that I can get this <laughs> to her. Same thing when you tithe. God is not trying to get from you. God is trying to get to you. God says, see, test me in this and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out the blessing. So God is not asking you to tithe so he can get from you. Generosity 
It's about God getting stuff to you. He just needs a reason to do it. Are you going to give him a reason to do it? I shared a story a long time ago when um, I, I would pay my first fruits. But this year, this particular year, I, 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 did, <laughs> I did the numbers. The numbers were not adding up, man. And I was like, <laughs> God, I'm sure you understand. You understand the situation here, you know, that the numbers aren't quite adding up. So, you know I've been a good boy paying my first fruit all these years. But maybe, after all, first fruit is not compulsory. So let's keep this year, O oh Lord, of heaven's armies. <laughs> and um, we can pick it up next year after you have performed. <laughs> and blessed me abundantly. And he didn't see anything, me and Sammy. I was, neg- I was trying to negotiate. You know how we try to negotiate ourselves out of things with God? We didn't see anything. So, well, it must have in this way. A lady came to me and said, Pastor, I want to give my first fruits. I said, okay. Bring it, let's pray. I was about to pray. She says, no, 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 Pastor, before you pray, I want to tell you the story behind this first fruit. So I said, okay, fine. Pastors like hearing stories. So, tell me the story. So she told me the story behind her first fruit. And she now gave me and said, yeah, pray. After I finished praying and the woman walked out of my office, I looked up to God and I said, and I'm the pastor. <laughs> and this one is the one that I'm preaching to. I didn't I was convicted. I was like, so you will not, yet somebody else will make this kind of sacrifice. Yet you will not. No way. And that was it. That would have been enough for me that it pleased God. But no, God has not called us to seek him in vain. He hasn't told us to give so that he can get from us. He's told us to give so he can get to us. Hallelujah. So, Long story short, many of you know this, some of you know the details of it. That year, I got a house in the U.S., fully paid for, no mortgage on it, (laughs) complete miracle. And as soon as the house was delivered, I remembered my, the house was delivered in September, the 12th of September. It was the anniversary of Gospel house of that, of that year. As soon as the house was delivered, I remembered my first fruits in January. God wasn't trying to take from me. God was trying to get to me. God wasn't trying to take my resources from me. God was trying to give his resources to me. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch forth the curtains of your habitation. Because you are about to break forth to the right and to the left. Before we pray, I want you to
talk to God if you're here, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Oh, you used to be born again, but you're not. You're like, Pastor, I want to know this God. My mind has been enlightened today. I see the light. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Yes, we want to pray with you. Wherever you are, you may be online, or you may be here in the auditorium. Wherever you are,